0: Welcome to Whoopal's Press
1: Box Podcast, where we discuss the latest topics in the professional world of sports. Enjoy our exclusive interviews with athletes, coaches, insiders, and fans. And now, here's your host, Gary Whoopal.
0: It's been almost a magical season so far for the Green Bay Packers. Despite a rash of injuries, including several key players, the Packers have persevered and are amazingly atop the NFC standings with a 10-3 and record. While the Packers' defense has been outstanding for most of the season and their offense is now kicking into high gear, the Packers' Achilles' heel has been and continues to be their special teams. Hi, I'm Gary Wolfel, and thanks for joining Packers' extraordinary beat writer Rob Reichel and I for another special Packers podcast. Hello, partner.
1: Hello, partner. We'll uh, we'll try to be a little more special than uh, what Mo Drayton's units looked like the other night.
0: I think we already have.
1: <laughs> Just getting through the intro, Gary did that.
0: Oh, my Lord. You know, before I forget, Rob, I, before we delve into all this Packer stuff, have you bought my Christmas present yet?
1: <laughs> have I bought your Christmas present? Yes,
0: uh, I'm waiting with bated breath here.
1: <laughs> Gary I went out in about July and, and got you taken care of you, you I think you were first on my list so
0: uh, you I, are a good I, man I'm just,
1: I'm just waiting for the Amazon guy to uh you know uh to, to, to get it included in his route I, I I think it's on I think it's on pace for about the 20th Gary so keep an eye out for that
0: I sure will what a guy what what, what can I say hey <laughs> Hey, Rob, by all accounts, the uh, Packers have all the ingredients to make a legitimate run at the Super Bowl. I mean, their defense ranks among the best in the NFL, and their offense uh, is rolling now. But the Packers special teams haven't been close to being anything special. Uh, In fact, just the opposite. I was one of the 78,000-plus fans, or people in attendance, I should say, at Lambeau Field on Sunday, and I'll tell you what. The, the special teams play was an absolute debacle. I mean, they were just, to me, historically bad. I can't ever remember a Packers team that played that poorly on special teams. And I'll tell you what, they, they definitely have issues. And, and, you know, we've seen them all season and it doesn't look like they're going away.
1: No, Gary, it was a legendarily bad night. I mean, for, the, for their special teams. And, and here's the thing. You can get away with it against a garbage team like Chicago. That's four and nine going nowhere. You will not get away with that, Gary, in an NFC divisional game against Arizona, in an NFC title game against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, maybe in a first round game against whatever, the Rams or the 49ers, just depending how this lines up. Green Bay moved into the number one spot in the conference, Gary, Monday night when the Rams went in and won at Arizona, but the thing that is going to stop them and it's going to Gary, I I almost can write the story today. We've all watched this movie. We watched it in 2014 when, when a fantastic green Bay Packer football team went out to Seattle for the NFC championship game was dominating that game, Gary, 16, nothing with five minutes to go in the third quarter and ex Packer, John Ryan, the punter, throws a touchdown pass and now it's 16-7 and it's actually a football game again and then late in the game Gary when it's 19-14 and Brandon Bostic decides rather than to listen to his assignment and to block the guy in front of him he's gonna go play hero ball and try to get the football instead of letting it bounce to Jordy Nelson and we all know how that turned out and they ended up losing that football game Gary 28-22 in overtime it still haunts Packer Nation to this day Gary I mean, you can't go anywhere without mentioning, you know, being five minutes into a Packer conversation with somebody and they bring up that 2014 NFC Championship game. It just it haunts people. It, it's it's like me, Gary, with Badger basketball. I'll never get over that loss in 2015 to Duke. I just I won't. And <laughs> and Packer Nation will never get over that. And, and rightfully so, Gary. That yeah. was a Super Bowl championship team. We're talking, you know, Aaron Rod the the whole Aaron Rodgers legacy. Is completely rewritten if if they win that game and then go on and win the Super Bowl. You're talking about him with two rings now instead of one. This whole era of you know 10, 11 years of dominant football that we always talk about, only one Super Bowl in there. That the narrative, the script, Gary completely changes when you have that second Super Bowl and and even even second trip to a Super Bowl, Gary. So no, this that this group is every bit as bad and we're going to get into this how bad some of these special teams units have been in Green Bay over the last 16-17 years this group is every bit as bad if not worse than any of the ridiculously awful Packers special teams groups that have been trotted out there Gary the last 16-17 years And, and when you get deep into the playoffs you know Gary and and there's not much of a difference between the Packers and Tampa Bay. There's not much of a difference between Green Bay and Arizona or Green Bay and Dallas or Green Bay and the Rams special teams decides these games. We, you know, it, the offenses are close. The defenses are close. And now Tampa, let's say, brings the number three special teams units in football to face the number 32 special teams units that the Packers have Gary. That that could be worth a touchdown. That could be worth 10 points. You saw the other night in the bears game and, and we'll get into this a little bit, but, but Gary, in the first half alone, Chicago had 213 special teams yards. You know that <laughs> that, that that that's a good first half of offense for Absolutely. somebody. Absolutely. I mean that the Khalil Herbert, the gifted rookie, you know, two kick returns for 82 yards. Grant, a terrific return guy, goes 97 yards on, you know, on, on the punt for a touchdown. He had 131 yards. Gary himself on punts in the in the first half the Packers had a, a grand total Gary of, of 19 special teams yards in the first half, the plus minus there, Gary is almost 200 that the Packers were a negative 200 uh, in special teams yardages. So yes, it, it's a legendarily bad night. It's a historically awful night for them, but Gary, it don't be surprised if it happens again and, and nobody should again, we've watched this movie all year with Mo Drayton's team with Mo Drayton's special teams units you know, Matt LaFleur continues to go to bat for him. He sent on Monday, he's not going to replace him that, that he's, that he's safe, that he's you know, going to keep the job. Gary, I think that's a tremendous mistake. Um, I would blow the whole thing up almost to the point like the Brewers did the one year where they, they dumped Ned Yost with a week to go in, in the regular season. And, and Gary, you see it all across the league. I mean, Jason Garrett lost his job as the Giants offensive coordinator a couple of weeks ago. Things go south with some of these teams and and they change it out. It's, it's, it's not a ridiculously foreign concept to say, oh, uh, you know, it, it's week 14. We, we we can't change a coach. You absolutely can. And and Gary, I know it would probably be tricky to get the right guy in there to fix this all at, at this point in time. But I can tell you what, right now, they just keep beating their head against the wall, doing the same thing over and over with the same people over and over and I'm starting to guess, Gary, that beating your head against the wall doesn't feel real good. And, yeah. and that's where they're at right now. So, Gary, you know, again, it's not my football team. It's obviously Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst and Mark Murphy's team. You know, but if, but if I had any say in this thing, Bo Drayton would be on the street right now. There, there, there's a couple of retired guys, Gary, that, that I wrote about yesterday at, at Forbes.com that have been unbelievably successful in this league. I think they could come in and, and shake this thing up have it at least respectable, Gary. We're not talking about a top 10 unit, right? They're never going to be that in, in 2021, but you can at least get them to get out of their own way and not kill you in football games. If you bring in somebody like the great Scott O'Brien, who, who has 40 years, you know, 35 years of special teams experience in the national football league and, 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 and was brilliant. And, and he's from superior Gary. He's an ex Packer. He would, he would be mm-hmm. outstanding trying to get you in shape in the next month just so you don't kill the team in the playoffs there's a guy like brad seeley who won three super bowls as new england special teams coordinator gary um you know he's retired now too give him a half a million dollars gary whatever it takes to get him in for a month you know pay him a consultant fee and 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 get him in to at least get these groups respectable again no one's expecting the packers you know to come out in a football game and be better necessarily than the, than the guys on the other side, but, but just get a draw. Most of the time don't end up at the end of the day where you say, man, you know, we gave away 10 points on special teams. You know, if you're the coaching staff and Matt Lafleur, Gary, he's got to have a short list. He's got to have a list of guys. Um, All these coaches do right. They, they, They make, they become prepared for these situations the second they get that job. You know, Matt LaFleur says to himself, Man, Adam Stenovich is doing a remarkable job this year as the offensive line coach. Somebody's going to probably steal him in the offseason. Where do I go next? Nathaniel Hackett continues to be a guy talked about to take the next step, the Packers' offensive coordinator. LaFleur has to say to himself, Where do I go if Hackett, right, gets a job, um, you know, in February somewhere else? And he's got to have the same plan, Gary, when it comes to special teams. Uh, this has been an absolute debacle. With Mo Drayton, he was promoted from within. It's been a mess from day one. It it hit new levels on on Sunday night in that game against the Bears. And you know, Gary, my if, again, you know, if if I had any say, if I was running this team, if if even I was Brian Gutekunst getting in Matt Lafleur's ear, I would say move on from this because at some point in time, it's gonna wind up biting you in the backside.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, Rob, you and I have talked about this ad nauseum throughout the season
1: about special
0: teams. I mean, this what happened Sunday wasn't anything new or surprising. Um, But what was surprising was that it seemed like every aspect of special teams collapsed. I mean, it was incredible. Even Bajorquez, who I thought, going into the game, and and I still think he has a chance to be a Pro Bowl punter. I mean, he shanked a punt. You know, and he, he hadn't done that all season. I, I don't recall, maybe once. But every aspect was let down. And, and you know, when uh, it happened, I mean, it was just like, okay, is this real or, or surreal, you know? <laughs> I mean, he couldn't believe what was unfolding. Um, and and I, I agree. I would fire uh, Drayton as well. Uh, I firmly believe there's no way in hell that's going to happen with LaFleur. Uh, what I think is unfortunate, this didn't happen before the bye week, where they could have went out and got a coach, gave him some time to you know figure out his players and, and schemes, etc. But uh, man, I'll tell you, you know, if they, they lose the Super Bowl because the special teams, you know LaFleur <laughs> and Gutacoons have nobody to blame but themselves.
1: No, you're you're spot on, Gary. Um, you, you you said it perfectly. And and Gary, I remember having the same discussion and writing these same things in 2014, for example. Super Bowl caliber team, Super Bowl caliber roster. That that was an elite offense. Um, Gary, that was their best defense that they put on the field here in the last seven years. They they started the year rough and and then at midseason. They moved Clay Matthews from outside linebacker to inside linebacker that year to shore up a run game that was miserable, and and all of a sudden they they got their defense fixed. So they're playing top five level football uh, in the league in 2014, Gary. At two of the three groups, and that year they were they were beyond dreadful um, in in in, this, in special teams again, Gary. Um, and I think everybody could see it coming. They were 32nd that year. I mean, it was just a, a comedy of errors through the season they finished dead last in overall special teams rankings that season and and like i mentioned earlier you you get to the biggest game of the season trying to go and win in seattle you're up 16 nothing there's a lot of things we can point to from that game mike mccarthy's conservative play calling early and aaron Rodgers having a lousy game and you know even even things like julius peppers telling Morgan Burnett to fall down after an interception instead of running it back and what probably would have been a touchdown, Gary. Um, but you you could easily too start with special teams. John Ryan throwing the touchdown pass against Green Bay, which wasn't prepared. That was Sean Slocum's units back in 2014, Gary. And and then of course the Brandon Bostic play. Ironically, Gary, Brandon Bostic was in the stadium. Yeah, uh, Maybe. On, on Maybe. Sunday night. It was his. It was his first time back to Lambeau since that dreaded game in 2014 against Seattle. So, you know, I, I, I'll be honest. I like Brandon Bostick a lot, Gary. After, after he botched that, that, that uh, onside kick in 2014, the next day he stood there for several minutes and answered questions from reporters. And, and I thought, you know, I thought that took a lot of courage because a lot of, you know this, Gary, from doing our jobs all these years. Somebody blows a game like that, especially the magnitude of an, NF- an NFC championship game and they go into hiding for a long time, you know, so Bostick faced the music, Gary, and, and I, you know, to this day, I give him a lot of credit for it, but that was his first time back to Green Bay the other day, and he went, he went as a fan to that Bears game, and, and we saw what happened, so, you know, God, God love you, Brandon Bostick, but with all due respect, you, you might want to stay away, it doesn't seem to be a, exactly a, a good luck charm, but, but Gary, you know, they're, they're past luck at this point in time with, with these special teams units. Like like you said, let's let's just go a few let's go through a few of the foibles, okay, from, from the other night. And 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 then Rob, I, this I,
0: is I, an hour-long podcast.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm gonna, it's not easy for me, Gary, but I'll try to be quick. Okay. Yeah, so, I was gonna say
0: there's a lot of foibles to be recited here.
1: <laughs> yeah, my god, are there ever, right? So yeah. so Grant goes for the 97-yard punt return right feels the ball almost in his own end zone. Nobody expects him to. And he, he brings it back for a score. Gary, Gary in the first half alone, I know he's a really good return man, but Jakeem grant averaged 43, three on his punts, 43.3 yeah. yards. That's you ridiculous. talked about the Horquez. I mean, Gary, he, he had, he had a rough night. His, his hang time wasn't good. And he kicked the ball down the middle t- too often rather than, you know, aim for corners. Um, so he had a rough night, probably his worst night of the year. All right. Herbert, the, again, they're really gifted rookie running back who you, you know, you saw play for about a month when David Montgomery was out. I really like this kid, but but Gary, 41 yards on kick returns in the first half. Good Lord almighty, right? Mason Crosby hits one of his kickoffs out of bounds. So the Bears start at the 40. I mean, the Bears kept starting at the 40 or better, Gary, every single time. And it's and, and it's why they led that game by six at halftime. Uh, Malik Taylor brain fart of the of of the day for for him fields a ball and steps out of bounds himself at the five yard line if he Mm -hmm. let the ball go Gary it was gonna go out of bounds and the Packers were gonna start at the 40 so they lose 35 yards of field position on on Taylor's boneheaded play there like I mentioned first half ends Gary Bears have 213 yards on special teams the Packers have 19 yeah. 213 to 19 Gary. I mean, that's that, that, that's absolutely unbelievable. It's more than 11 to one difference in, in the ratio there. All right, let's go to the second half. Green Bay catches a huge break. Gary, Amari Rogers muffs a punt. Now, again, I don't know what Amari Rogers is doing out there at this point in time. And, and it's, it's one of the, one of the, you know, great mysteries I think with this football team right now, because he's done nothing all year as a, as a punt returner other than put it on the ground but his confidence appears shot gary he puts one on the ground and the bears recover but green bay get, gets a huge break because Rasul douglas baits a guy into running himself out of bounds on the play which is a penalty on the bears they have to redo the play and, and green bay keeps possession but again what that showed gary is just you know how ill prepared or you know just maybe maybe the moment is just too big for amari rodgers right now gary um, in these games but but he he cannot be the punt returner moving forward that will cost you at 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 some point in time and it almost did on Sunday night and then Gary late in the game it's was it 35-27 or I'm 45-27 maybe 45-30 and and yeah it was 45-30 and they go for the onside kick chicago <laughs> yeah. does yeah and and it hits MVS in the hands and the and the bears recover Gary I'm sitting there scratching my head saying <laughs> why is MVS who drops about a third of the balls thrown to him from Aaron Rodgers, on your hands team? Why is he on your hands team? Right. Yeah. Get, you know, get, get Lazard, Devontae Adams, get to Guara who doesn't drop anything. Right. But MVS, I mean, good Lord, almighty. What, 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 what was that one all about? So I think we went through about eight things there, Gary, you know, when when the game was over, Matt LaFleur was immediately asked if he was going to fire Drayton He said, no, he stood by Drayton on Monday. I think it's a big mistake, Gary. They keep saying the same things over and over and over the whole, we'll get it fixed thing. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll work harder. Um, We'll do this. We'll do that. Their answer on Monday, Gary, as, as, as a coaching staff was, they're going to go to more frontline players. They're going to, they're going to go with more starters, more of their top 30, let's call it on the roster rather than the bottom of the roster but, Gary, we know the risks there.
0: They're thin a wide receiver. I, I don't know how they can you know, ill afford to have somebody get hurt on special teams.
1: Well, that and, that, and that's just where I'm going, Gary. So, so let here, I'm going to go into some special team snaps real quick here. Ty Summers, for example, is at 255, and Oren Burks is at 254. Ty Summers can't stay in his lane. Um, he, he's, he's one of the reasons some of these things keep blowing up and bursting. Let's just say, for example, Gary, they replaced – Ty summers with chris barnes okay yeah chris, chris barnes is at 93 special team snaps so he has an option and now barnes gets hurt and now you're playing summers or burks from scrimmage right I know. I
0: know. Now,
1: that's the trade-off you know let's let's go let's go to some of the some of the big guys gary you know dean lowry's at 96 snaps right now on special teams let's say all of a sudden they amp him up and he becomes a, a core member of that and, and he gets hurt and now you've got to go to Tyler Lancaster on your defensive line you know there's a dramatic drop off um, Matt LaFleur talked a lot yesterday on Monday Gary about Rasul Douglas taking an enhanced role in in special teams okay let's say for example he jumps in Shamar Jean Charles has played 171 special team snaps Gary Rasul Douglas is at 60 okay mm-hmm. Douglas, Douglas is your best corner right now Gary I mean I mean, it's, it, it, it's not even close. Um, you saw him the other night again, not only score the ball, but almost come up with a second pick six because his anticipation and, and route reading is, is so good at the, at this point in time. Now let's say Douglas gets hurt there and you would actually have to play one of these guys deep in your secondary, you know, at, at, at corner. I mean, Gary, we can go through this, you know, ad nauseum, AJ Dillon's at 77 snaps on special teams. Are you gonna amp his numbers up, Gary, and and risk having you know him being sidelined in January when you really need him to try to beat Tampa Bay? I I think it's again, Matt LaFleur is between a rock and a hard place, Gary. I get it. He's got two options, right? He stays the course with Drayton and tries to play some of his some of his frontline guys. But Gary, you know every every single special teams play is like a car crash. I mean, <laughs> yeah, guys go down time and time again, play after play after play, and now all of a sudden you're going to throw out, you know, four, five, maybe a half a dozen of your best thirty guys and increase their role on special teams. Gary, the way this this year has gone from the Packers, for the Packers from an injury standpoint, I mean, I, I'm telling you, somebody's going to go down, somebody's going to well, get. Down.
0: You know, you know what, Rob? You know what? What could alleviate all of this on kickoffs in particular, if Mason Crosby kicked the ball out of the end zone, and I don't Correct. know if he's capable of doing that anymore. But for whatever, you, but for whatever reason, his kickoffs one aren't very high, two they're not very deep, and you know I think sometimes uh, the special team defenders just are in, you know, don't have a chance. Um, if he kicks it out of the end zone, give them the ball at the 25 and start from there. You know, I, I don't know if it's philosophical or it's the fact that Mason Crosby just doesn't ha- uh, have the leg anymore.
1: Gary, I think it's the latter. And there are a couple of solutions here and I'll be really intrigued to see if they do it this week in Baltimore or not. I'm with you a thousand percent. Kick the ball out of the end zone and make them start at the 25. Don't even put your return units in danger of allowing anything big to break. Because exactly. Something probably exactly. Isn't gonna be.
0: Just play it safe. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, so Gary, personally, I just, I don't, watching Crosby throughout the year, I don't think he's capable of consistently delivering the kind of kicks you want there. Of, of putting it, you know, six, eight, ten yeah eight yards deep in the end zone or kicking it out of the end zone. So to me, they have two options there, Gary. They, they, they've got to find out this week if that's something Bajorquez can do or not. yeah If you remember about seven, eight years ago, they turned that job over for a year or two to Tim Maste sure. uh, who was the punter. And well, Mastay, by the way, was that
0: the game Sunday?
1: Oh, interesting. Okay, I did <laughs> not know that. Um, and maste. Did a really nice job, Gary, kicking the ball out of the end zone because Crosby was real 50-50 at that point in time. And mm-hmm. and I'm telling you, Gary, that was about six, seven years ago. Crosby's leg strength isn't any better today. The other thing I'd honestly consider, Gary, is I I'd add I'd add a second kicker. And maybe that's just his job. Only yes, to kick the ball I, I, I agree with you
0: totally, Rob. Absolutely. There are guys,
1: Gary, that at, at the absolute bottom of that roster, you, you dress 46 each game, that don't sniff the field, right? Yep. They, yep. Are, they are easily replaceable on game days. And a kicker, Gary, that you could go find on the street right now with a huge leg, again, you're not going to ask him to kick field goals. All you're going to ask him to do is boot that ball 75 yards, make sure it goes out of the end zone. He would have a far greater impact on your roster and, and on a football game right now, Gary, than player number 46 who is suiting up today for the green Bay Packers. So I would give that some consideration too. Yeah. If, if, if they decide this week that the punter is not capable of handling kickoffs, here's the other thing I would do to Gary. Now teams have gotten smart against them from this, but, but when it comes to punt returns, Gary, the first thing I would do was I would take a veteran and they tried this a couple of weeks ago with Randall Cobb and he fumbled yeah. the ball. Um, Amari Rodgers has to go. I mean, there, there, there's no question about that at this point in time. I would send Gary a guy back like uh, Devontae Adams and simply tell him to fair catch the football. Take your most sure handed guy and fair catch and just say, you know what? Aaron Rodgers doesn't need the six yards that the punt, right? Turner is right. Gonna right. Get exactly. You. Aaron yeah. Rodgers is going to get you those yards either way, Gary. I mean, the way this offense is humming right now just don't make a mistake, get out of your own way, take special teams out of the equation as much as possible. And I, I know it's almost like waving a white flag, Gary, but that's where they have to be right now because it, it, it it beats absolute failure, which is what they've been across the board otherwise. And, you know, teams are, teams are kicking the ball off short against them, Gary, and they're making them return it and they know they don't return it. Well, certainly since Kylan Hill tore his ACL and, and they've gone to, you know, kind of some mishmash guys back there. Um, you know, so I, I think when it comes to kick returns, Gary, they're going to, opposing teams are going to keep kicking it to about the eight and make them bring it out. And and that's the nature of the beast. Um, but if teams are dumb enough, Gary, to kick the ball into the end zone, you can't even consider bringing it out. Right. Um,
0: right. Exactly.
1: And Gary, I might even give some thought to, to telling Bajorquez, kick the ball 40 yards and kick it out of bounds don't kick it 50 don't kick it 52 and aim it at a corner kick it 40 we'll take that net and kick it out of bounds again what I would do if I were them is hey Gary they're better than almost everybody they play on offense and they're better than almost everybody they play on defense they're worse on special teams do not let special teams become a factor in deciding the outcome of this football game take it away as much as possible. And I know it's a completely defeatist attitude. You know, Gary, I, you know, I remember they had these problems in the late nineties and Mike Holmgren at one point, he took Mike Pryor, who was a safety, a backup yeah, safety. But exactly. Gary, he, caught, he caught everything. Pryor's hands were, were absolutely sublime and, and, and Holmgren was just so sick of watching his punt returners put it on the ground. He just said, Pryor, go back there, fair, catch the damn ball. And, and Favre will get us those yards, right? Uh, Freeman will get us those yards. Dorsey-Levins will get us those yards. Chamorro will get us those yards. And, and and that's where they need to be with punt return, Gary. Send back a guy like Devontae Adams or whoever you trust more than anybody to catch the football. I would guess it's Devontae. And um, fair catch the thing and just take all element of risk out of the thing. And, Gary, I think if they do that, they might have a chance. But yeah. Yeah. I know how I know how these coaching staffs work. There's ego involved. They're gonna say they can fix it. They're gonna to try to get it fixed. Gary, they haven't gotten this thing fixed in 17 years when it comes to Green Bay special teams, and uh, I don't expect them to get it fixed here the remainder of the 2021 season.
0: Yeah, the 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 fact that they have Rodgers uh, returning kicks just blows my mind away. I, I said early in the season. I mean. <laughs> I'm a novice observer and I could see this kid is not a punch returner. He he doesn't have a burst. He doesn't have quickness. And uh, as we have said for the last several weeks, he has absolutely no confidence. Even when he has a chance to make a run off a punt, he calls a fair catch. You know, it it just shows you that he doesn't have uh, any confidence, but I put, you know what you said, Adams, I, I would put Lazard there. And again, it's for that fluke situation where somebody runs into him and, and hurts him. You know, I, I mean, the odds are totally against it. But the other thing I like about Lazard is he's pretty quick. He's, he's got some quick feet right off the, the bat. Uh, if he makes a catch, he, he can move around pretty pretty nicely. So, uh, But, yeah, between Crosby kicking the ball out of the end zone and finding a new returner, I, I think we got all the bases covered, Rob.
1: yeah and 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 gary you know the reason i said adams and i would never ask him to return a punt yes exactly Fair catch everything i would tell lazard to fair catch everything again i don't think green bay needs those six eight ten yards and and that's a good return these days for the packers punt return units gary um if, if they even picked up half a dozen or eight yards um again aaron Rodgers, a.j dillon aaron jones they don't need those yards they will go get them probably on the first offensive play. So, yeah, Gary, it's it's it, it's a mess. Um, it's an outstanding football team, but all anybody is talking about right now, despite the fact they're ten and three in the one seed, people are terrified that at some point in time here, Gary, that that special teams are going to blow this whole thing up and ruin this last dance season that Aaron Rodgers and these guys have cooking.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what's also amazing is. As horrendous as the Packers special teams were, the Packers still scored 45 points. <laughs> I mean, against all odds. I mean, with all those things going against them, you thought, you know, they would really have a tough time, you know, winning that game. But their offense, uh, which is a topic I, I wanted to uh, go into right now, Rob, they scored 45 points, and that was like their third straight game. I think of 30 points or more. As I recall, I think they had uh, 36 points against the Rams and what 31 against the Vikings, and, and those are those three teams have pretty good defenses. And to me, it's like you know what the problems that the Packers had offensively early in the season have been rectified, and they're starting to resemble that offense we saw last season. I mean, what what a good time for that unit to uh, come around.
1: Well, and Gary, you think about it like, again. They kind of trudged through another first quarter where they got very little done offensively. Yeah, I mean they they put up forty five points in the last three quarters, and and even late in that football game, Gary, it was four minute offense where they were just trying to run the clock out and run the ball mm-hmm. with, with Jones and Dylan, and and they were pretty darn successful for doing it. So no, they 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 exploded and they they exploded quickly, Gary, with 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 some of those drives again. I, 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 we talked about this in the past, Gary. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is winning the MVP. I think he loses ten percent of voters. There's only fifty voters to begin with. It's it's an AP panel, Gary. There's only fifty guys that vote. I'm gonna say a bare minimum, Gary, of five, which is ten percent hold it against him that he lied about the COVID vaccination deal.
0: Wouldn't that be amazing if that was the case?
1: <laughs> Gary, you know the media well, just like me, they lean heavily to the left. That kind of stuff bothers them. It bothers them dramatically. They'll take it to their grave. It, it, it 10 is, 10% is probably a low estimate, Gary, right? Yeah.
0: I mean, they, they. I, I'm sorry. You got to leave that out of the equation. I mean, you got to be fair and, and, and honest in your approach. I mean, that has nothing to do with his, performance on the field it
1: will not be left out of the equation
0: i know i I agree with you there are guys like that but that shouldn't be the case and um you know what though i mean to me it's like tom brady's to lose unless he just falls on his face the last you know four weeks i i just don't see and and
1: i and i'm with you and that's where i was going gary i don't think rogers is going to catch brady but boy, he took a big step again the other night, didn't he? To running them down. Oh, absolutely. one forty one passer rating, the four touchdowns. Um, it, you know, his ownership—let's call it—of the Bears continues. I mean, he was, he was unbelievable, Gary. The the touchdown pass. I don't think people recognize just how how, how amazingly good. It was, but the, the touchdown pass that he had to Aaron Jones. Oh, great.
0: I agree, Rob.
1: Where, where he floats the 23 yep. yard over the defensive lineman's hands. I think it was Belial Nichols um, who, who, who was coming at Rodgers hard. I mean, the, the degree of difficulty of that throw, Gary. I mean, the Bears did everything right in terms of defending that play, but Gary, I mean, you, you can't defend greatness. I mean, you, you just can't. There's no, no defense no. for the perfect throw. And, and the perfect play and the perfect quarterback, which he which he was at those those moments. And and he has been the last handful of weeks as he's to me at least gotten himself, you know, in into this MVP discussion. Man, Gary, I mean, if if you're Chicago, you're you're praying like crazy if you're a Bears fan that that this is actually the last dance <laughs> for, for Rogers and you know his his time with the Packers and and I've been consistent throughout Gary and, and I'll certainly admit if I'm wrong, but I, I think this is the last dance. I, you know, every, every, a lot of people keep saying to me, man, they're 10 and three, everyone looks like they're having fun. Everybody's happy, but we know Rogers, he holds grudges. Everybody thought things were hunky dory last year as they got the number one seed. They were 13 and three went to the NFC title game before losing. And, and we all saw what unfolded that off season. I just, I, I think everybody's kind of resigned to the fact that this is it, Gary. Um, but man, if somehow it's not, is it going to be a nightmare for the Windy City to have to see this guy again twice a year? Because, I mean, he went he went the other night, Gary, to 23 and five against the Bears. He sh- should be 24 and four. One of those losses, he broke his collarbone, <laughs> you know, in the first series of the game. Um, or Green Bay was going to win that game. They were a 12 point favorite that night. Back in 2013, at home uh, against the Bears, I, I couldn't believe what Brett Favre did all those years to Chicago, and and Rodgers has one upped him, and and been even better. Favre was 22 and 10. Rodgers is now 23 and 5, counting the 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 win in the 2010 NFC Championship game. Same number of regular season wins, Gary, but Rodgers obviously has has the playoff win and. And he was ridiculous the other night. I mean, that was that was just unbelievable what what he did against Chicago. I know the Bears are beat up, Gary, on defense. No Khalil Mack, and they're they're not the same unit and that they were at the start of the year. But at the flip side, Gary, Green Bay doesn't have four of their preferred five offensive line starters, right? Um, so I would I would call that probably. Well, Green Bay's got it worse there than than Chicago does, right? Just losing the one pass rusher versus four offensive linemen. So now Gary, to your, to your point, what the Packers are doing right now, offensively, they're 37.3 points a game in their last three. They're, they're, you know, they're moving it up and down the field. They're, they they have found Gary two ways to win. and, And they don't always have that. They haven't always had that in the Rogers era. You know, they, they, they can beat you with the quarterback's golden arm with his hall of fame, all time level talent. Or they can just run it up your tail. Yeah and yeah. And, and they have absolutely done that at times. And Gary, I think that's gonna be the key in the in the postseason here for them. Can they get can they keep churning out 140, 50, 60 yard rush games? They only finished with 120 the other night, Gary, but they averaged five yards a pop. I mean, they just they just they they threw at 37, they ran at 24. So so the run pass ratio wasn't wasn't quite nearly the same. Uh, you know, they were about 60% throwing versus running in the, in the playoffs, Gary, I think that's gotta be more 50, 50. And, and they just, they have not had this quality level of running back with, with two of them to, to do that. Since Rogers has been there again, no disrespect to Jamal Williams. I think he's a fine NFL player. He can't carry AJ Dillon's water, right? Aaron Jones is a unique, unique talent. You saw that the other night, for some reason, he only had five carries, but, He's a really unique talent and, and Gary right now, they, they can absolutely blister you in two ways offensively. And they're doing that. And they have, they have figured out how to play through some of these injuries. DeGuarra has stepped up now, you know, to the point where he's a more than adequate replacement for Tanya. I just, I don't think, you know, you've lost a whole lot there. You know, that they had, they had four reserves on the offensive line the other night and, and really didn't miss a beat. And, and again, it, it all, it all comes back to Rogers and he's playing at an MVP level again. And, and Gary, I'm telling you moving forward, they, they have, they have it figured out, I think right now, and and they are going to be tough to stop on that side of the ball when we get to January.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know what I found most remarkable and, and we've been bringing this up basically every week of the, of the podcast, but the offensive line that makeshift offensive line. I mean, if you ask the average Packer fan to name the five starting offense alignment for the Packers, I, I am convinced they couldn't do it. I mean, Neiman, Runyon, Patrick Newman, and, and, and Kelly. Kelly even played Sunday. And it's like, I would love to call the Elias Sports Bureau. I mean, they, they figure out everything. To find out – now, Rob, of these five guys – was Newman a projected starter at the beginning beginning of the year? I can't remember. Or was there somebody else they penciled in at right guard?
1: Well, if, if, if they are fully healthy, Gary, which obviously they haven't been since day one, that right guard was going to be a battle between Newman, Runyon, and Lucas Patrick. Yeah. Yeah. It was up for grabs, remember? really, that- right? Yeah. You remember that was Patrick's job a year ago. Their preferred starting offensive line, Gary, is Bakhtiari, who hasn't played. You know, Elton Jenkins, who's maybe, what are we at with their, their 10 and three? What did Jenkins play eight, nine games before yeah. he scores yeah. ACL? So you're talking about the best left tackle and arguably the best left guard in football. They only got a month out of, out of, out of Josh Myers, the rookie center. Gary, he was on his way to all rookie team. And then the other night, they lose the right tackle, Billy Turner who's at a really nice year. So you're, you're down Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Myers, and Turner. I mean, it's, it's just unbelievable. I, I, the problem is Gary, and we say this every time one of these guys goes down, we, we said it a few weeks ago when Jenkins went down you know, we, we, we said it earlier in the year when Myers went down um, you know, we, we, we were saying it, Oh my God, how are they going to fill in for Bakhtiari back in September? But you just wonder how many times these guys can get punched in the gut. Right. And, yeah. and, and brought out the next offensive lineman and 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 still be okay i mean they are at a point right now where they're on their their third left tackle um patrick is certainly not the preferred starter at center kelly's the backup at right tackle might even be the third tackle um you know number three at right tackle if, if, if they were fully healthy runyon's obviously not the left guard if uh if jenkins is on the field and and then you've got a battle for for the right guard right between between Royce Newman uh, John Runyon and, and Lucas Patrick so I mean it they've hit a point now Gary because I think Billy Turner's going to be a few weeks on on his injury boy where where do you go next because the way the season is playing out it, it there's gonna be a next I mean it, it it keep it keeps happening to this unit it's it's remarkable that they've that held up to the level they have and I don't know, Gary, I think when it was all said and done the other night, they put up about 460 yards with that that shift offensive line. And Um, and they
0: kept, you know, they kept Rogers upright. I mean, early in the game, they got a couple sacks, but from then on, I I don't think Rogers got sacked what in the second half at all.
1: It ended up being three. And I know they had two quick ones. Yeah. yeah. Right out of the shoe working against Nishman. Um, and I never know if I say his name right. All I yeah Neiman, I I've
0: heard different ways too. Neiman. Yeah. All I
1: have to do is spell it right, I guess. But
0: one um, <laughs> of the perks of being a reporter, yes. I, like I that.
1: yeah. I, I guess, but I I, I got to double check that this week because yeah. I, I didn't say it wrong. But yeah, they got two quick ones against him, and um, then they had another one of, a little bit later. I think it might have been third quarter. But you know, again, Gary, credit to Matt Lafleur and and really to Rodgers too for buying in the other night because Rogers doesn't always buy into this stuff. They went with a real quick passing game. I mean, he didn't yes. have the ball in stands real long. Um, there, there weren't a lot of three and four second plays that that they waited to unfold. And, and Rodgers loves those plays. He he loves getting outside the pocket, you know, having these plays last five, six, seven seconds where guys just can't cover to that length of time, broken plays in the back, and and then he can hit the home run from, from time to time. But he took what the Bears gave him. They went a lot of short, quick, intermediate stuff. Uh, they incorporated tight ends. They incorporated the backs, Gary, certainly Alan Lazard had, has had probably his best game of the year with with six catches and a touchdown 75 yards. I mean, it was, it was kind of all hands on deck. Even Mercedes Lewis got involved and um, you know, Rogers was the, you know, Rogers was the conductor again, Gary, just, just getting it done quickly, not holding on to the ball. And, and, and they'll probably have to play that way, Gary. And, you know, and, they get one or two of these guys back i i think there's a chance you'll see Bakhtiari in the next couple of weeks If Lafleur said on monday he hopes he practices he expects him to practice this week you and i'll find that out obviously on wednesday if that turns out to be the case billy turner's deal is not a year ender uh they'll have him back at at some point in time i I think they're okay at guard with with newman and runyon you'd like to get new uh you'd like to get myers back that is at center Um, maybe to replace patrick at some point in time but but patrick's a gritty guy uh no gary the probably the most you know um unappreciated maybe unnoticed unit and um uh, on on this football team this year has been the offensive line and they they, you know they're unheralded for the most part gary but they're they're an enormous reason why this team is is 10 and 3 and I just, Gary, I just, I can't imagine a lot of football teams out there that, you know, that, that, that could lose four of their five up front and, and still put up the kind of numbers green Bay has offensively and, and have a record like green Bay does. I just, I, I find that fascinating. And again, it, it stems back to our podcast from last week, the general manager, Brian Gutekunst deserves a ton of credit for putting together a roster that deep, but, but Gary, at some point in time, they're going to run out of bodies. And, and they're, they're probably getting dangerously close to, to that point right now where, you know, the next guy in is such a sieve that, that it becomes noticeable. But as of now, Gary, you know, people for the most part haven't noticed that, that they're down four starters on that offensive line because this group just week in and week out kind of continues to defy logic and exceed expectations.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I totally concur with your assessment about the offensive line as to whether any other team in the NFL has four guys that weren't projected as starters at the beginning of the season, you expect them to hold up, but you don't expect them to sustain. And uh, they've done it. I mean, it's just remarkable what they've done. So for their sake, I hope they stay healthy and it'd be great to get Bakhtiari back and and certainly Myers, and uh, just solidify that unit even more, but uh, hey, uh, last night, or Monday night, the Rams did the, what they were supposed to do for the Packers, and they beat the Cardinals, and <laughs> uh, gave the Packers an early Christmas present, and uh, gosh, now the Packers have, what, a two-game lead over the Cardinals, correct? And they had, I mean, theoretically, one one game in the standings, but Because they have the tiebreaker, it's two games. Well, Um, they're
1: both ten and three, though, Gary.
0: Yes, ten and three, but the Packers would have the tiebreaker yet, right?
1: Packers have the tiebreaker, but but really, I mean, if if Green Bay did lose, let's just say theoretically this week to Baltimore, and Arizona beats Detroit, which they obviously should, Arizona would leapfrog the Packers again. Correct. Correct. Um, Yeah. You know, Tampa actually jumped into that number two spot, Gary, and Arizona is now three. Um, And if and if you look at this coming home. So, Gary, here's Tampa Bay's schedule, all right? Because I think you know from these podcasts through the course of the year, I've never fully bought into Arizona. I think they're an okay team. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think they're unique. I don't think they're special. I I have said from day one, the road to the Super Bowl goes through Tampa Bay. That's what Green Bay has to worry about. And Green Bay is going to have to get past Tom Brady, my assumption is, in an NFC championship game. I fully expect Tom Brady to be in that game, Gary. Whether Green Bay makes it or not is is another story. I expect them to, but but I I, I would bet the house that Tom Brady's in the NFC title game. And, and obviously, Gary, you want that in Lambeau Field, okay? So sure. right now, right now, Green Bay is the one. Tampa is the two. Gary, listen to Tampa's schedule coming down the stretch, okay? I know, I, I know
0: it. It's funky. I, I know it's crazy.
1: Okay. But it's it's so it's it's, it's charmin' soft is what it is. Yes. Um, yes home with new Orleans. Okay. Mm -hmm. Not a very good football team fighting for a playoff spot. Yes, but not a very good football team. Nothing like the team green Bay played back in week one right? Uh, at Carolina, which is two and eight Gary in its last 10. And Cam Newton is just showing the world. He he's done as a quarterback and they've got all sorts of other problems too at the jets who are going to be fighting only Gary for the number one pick in the draft again. Um, and then home with Carolina. Two that's, of their last four are Carolina. <laughs> I know. That's that's why
0: I was referring to it as a funky schedule. Yeah. I, do you ever very, remember a team? Very Do uh, you ever see that? Where they, where you play yeah. the same team twice in three weeks? I, I mean, and that's I'm funky.
1: sure it's happened, but yeah, I, I don't I, – I certainly don't remember it, and it's going to be magnified now, obviously, just because everybody's paying attention, such close attention to who plays who coming down the stretch with so much on the line in terms of home field advantage and the one seed and, and the buy. And, and Gary, I think it's important for us just to, just to remind our, our listeners and, and the folks on this podcast that the NFL went to seven playoff teams per conference last year. They went from six to seven for the first time. And what that meant is only one team on each side in each conference, one NFC, one AFC gets a buy now two plays seven, three plays six, four plays five. Up until then, Gary, from about 1990 till 2020 for about a 30-year window, there were six teams from each conference and the top two got buys. So now only one of the seven, 14%, get a buy, Gary. And it's a huge, huge advantage. At least it should be. Green Bay took advantage of it last year, uh, sat out week one, beat the Rams in week two, and obviously couldn't beat Tampa. And, uh, you know, on the other side, the Chiefs were the one seed. Gary sat it out and eventually went to, went to the Super Bowl. So it's a, it's a huge advantage. That, you know, uh, it, it's a huge deal, I guess is what I'm saying, yeah. uh, to, to wind up with that one. And, and I think, again, it comes down to Green Bay, Tampa Bay. Now here's Green Bay's schedule, Gary. It's not overly daunting either. So let me finish up Tampa real quick. Sorry, Gary. Their, their records, the record of the teams they are still playing, Gary is a combined 19 and 33. There you a go. 365, yeah. A 36% winning percentage. They're going they're, so to run the table. I don't
0: think they're, they're, they're going to get to 14
1: them. and 3. Right? Yeah, they'll they're run the ten, table. They're 10 and 3 now. They're in the middle of a four game winning streak. That streak's going to get to eight. Tampa's going to be 14 and 3. Yeah. Can Green Bay get to 14 and 3, Gary? I don't know. Here we go. At Baltimore. All right. Yeah. What do you think?
0: Uh, if Jackson doesn't play I'll take the Packers if Jackson plays I'll still take the Packers
1: okay, okay. <laughs> Chris Christmas uh, home with the Browns
0: uh, the way the Browns are playing they, they they seem like they're in chaos even they won Sunday as I recall right I'm trying to remember
1: they did they, they after they knocked Lamar Jackson out
0: yes. So I, I'll say the Packers. That's at Lambeau. I'll, I'll, again, I'll take the Packers.
1: All right, first week of January, home with Minnesota.
0: That's where it gets iffy. Which Viking team is going to show up? Um, and the other thing is, Adam Thielen's been banged up. If he's healthy, uh, I think it's going to be the Vikings. If Thielen isn't healthy, I'll take the Packers.
1: And you have to remember, Minnesota's you know Minnesota's clawing for one of those last two Absolutely. or three spots yep. themselves. Yep. and 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 that game i mean the game's going to mean a ton to both sides but for minnesota it's just going to be about survival not seed for green Correct. bay it's going to be about seed they'll have the, the division clinched by then and then obviously you know kind of a no-brainer in week week 18 they go to detroit gary
0: and uh, if detroit wins rob i'll, I'll get you a joe <laughs> biden autograph how's that <laughs>
1: Gary, I, I I'm tempted to say both Green Bay and Tampa Bay run the table.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's 14, real, 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 really realistic. Yes.
1: You'll know, green, you know, you add up Green Bay's remaining teams that they play, Gary. 2029 20, and one, a 410 winning percentage. Not good. You know, I'm, I'm telling you, Gary, you know, I think Green Bay's got a great chance. I think Tampa's got a great chance. I I, I think Green Bay's gonna hold them off. I think they're both going to end up fourteen and three, Gary, which is close to what you and I picked at the start of the year. Yeah, I I was thirteen and four. I think you were right in that range too.
0: Yeah, we were um, one game apart. I can't remember which way. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, all right, but so here's what's fascinating, Gary, and 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 because guys like you and I are just always thinking about stories, right? Mm-hmm. If the seeds hold the way they are today, okay, not just. Not just one through seven, but then the favorites win in the opening round, okay? Two beats seven, three beats six, four beats five, etc. In the divisional round, Gary, Green Bay would host Mike McCarthy and the Dallas Cowboys. And in the NFC Championship game, Green Bay would host Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Can you imagine a more thrilling, exciting, back-to-back couple of playoff games at Lambeau. I, I, I mean, to me, Gary, you, you kind of have to go back to the 90s when, when the Packers had those rivalries with the 49ers and the Cowboys, and, and those were so, so intense um, to potentially have a couple of playoff games that, that that could be this dramatic, Gary, that could have so many storylines leaning into them and then turn out to be all-time classics. I mean, Green Bay against McCarthy, Rogers against McCarthy, and then you follow that up with with Rogers and Brady and, you know, a, a, a repeat of, of last year's NFC championship game. I know I'm getting ahead of myself here, Gary, yeah. but but my Lord, I, I can't imagine a more thrilling postseason for, for Packer Nation and really this state than if that ends up holding up and it ends up playing out that way.
0: I would imagine the uh, good folks at NBC and CBS would love to see that happen. (laughs) I mean, can you imagine the ratings for those games? I mean, the the NFL thoroughly dominates all major sports in in TV ratings. But again, if those games did occur, those ratings would be off the charts.
1: Gary, can you imagine the ticket prices?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I can.
1: (laughs) I mean, you're, you're getting the worst seat in the house probably for a grand, right?
0: Yeah. In a,
1: a, in in a game like that. I mean, if, I mean, NFC championship games on their own are insane, but a repeat of last year with Tom Brady coming back to Lambeau and now instead of 10,000 fans, which they allowed in last year in the COVID year, now all of a sudden you, you, you multiply that by eight and you've got 80,000 fans. I mean, I just, I, I, I hope that's how it plays out, Gary. Uh, Because again, I just, I cheer for stories more than anything. And I I can't imagine a more enjoyable postseason than uh, seeing Big Mac and the Cowboys coming to Lambeau, followed up by maybe, maybe the goat in Tom Brady and uh, the defending Super Bowl champion Buccaneers. But again, we're ahead of ourselves. There's a, there's a long ways to go, but like we were talking about with the schedules, I think it's a very realistic possibility that that's what we're looking at here a month from now.
0: Yeah, and those uh, listeners who are wondering uh, what Arizona's schedule is like, they will go to Detroit, so that's a win, right? Then they host the Colts. That could be a very, very interesting game. Then they go to Jerry's World in Dallas, and then they end up with the Seahawks at home. I could see them going 2-2 and in that four-game stretch.
1: I'm with you, Gary. I could see the Rams who are actually sitting in the five spot right now pass the Cardinals and win that division. They're Mm -hmm. only one game back. And now the Rams have a tricky schedule themselves too, Gary. It's Seattle who started to play a lot better the last couple of weeks. They've won two in a row as Russell gets healthier. The Rams then go to Minnesota, which is a coin toss game. Probably they go to Baltimore, which is really tough. If Jackson's healthy and then they host san francisco now the rams i still think gary are as talented as anybody in the league maybe they figured it out last night and put some things together when they went to arizona and won that game um but my point with that is it would not shock me whatsoever if the rams find a way to jump up over arizona and win that division and then all of a sudden arizona's a wild card team but right
0: uh, right exactly
1: that's why the, the, this last month is going to be a, an enormous amount of fun. I think all these teams, Gary, right now, below Green Bay and below Tampa, are going to have a really hard time catching them. Because like we just outlined, yeah, both, both of those teams have ridiculously soft schedules coming down the stretch. I mean, I, I think Tampa runs the table pretty easily, Gary. Their big game was last week against Buffalo, which they held on and, and obviously won in overtime. And, and Gary, I, you know, other than going to Baltimore, I, I, I guess Minnesota maybe at home gives them a few, a few problems, but, but Gary, I, I, I do expect Green Bay to get to 14 and three as well. And, 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 and be the one seed um, their schedules a little trickier than Tampa's right now. Tampa to me is almost a no brainer that they're going to run it uh, down the stretch here, Gary, but I guess you never say never. You remember last year, Seattle was in control of that NFC West. And then the Giants went out there. I think about a two-win Giant team, and yeah. they beat the Seahawks. I mean, the, the league is crazy. You see some strange things happen. But, um, you know, my point is at the end of the day, I think in some order, Green Bay and Tampa are going to be one and two. And it's probably going to be your NFC title game, Gary.
0: Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't uh, disagree with that at all. Hey, Ed, before we wrap this up, I wanted to ask you if you had a chance to see uh, the halftime presentation uh with former nfl commissioner paul tagliabu where david baker of the pro football hall of fame or the hall of fame gave him his ring did you did you get a chance to listen to that or see any of that
1: i did not gary i i kind of worked straight through half
0: that's what i assumed yeah yeah you got you were i'm sure very busy but it was really really cool Uh, Tegliabu, of course, was the commissioner of the NFL, I think from 1989 to 2006. And uh, Murphy was telling him how Tegliabu was such a supporter of the Packers that if they had any issues that Tegliabu would, you know, be there and and had the Packers back. And uh, so Murphy gave a really nice speech and then Tegliabu, you know, spoke. And he said that he could have accepted his ring at any stadium in the NFL. Okay. And I assumed he was going to get in in New York perhaps. Uh, But he insisted on having, have, having the presentation at Lambeau field because quote, they have the greatest sports fans in the world. And I thought that that was really cool for him to, you know, um, designate lambeau field and green bay is the place for his, his induction it, it, it was a great moment
1: well i i agree i mean and and, and we've talked about i mean we we've, we've talked about it several times i think gary on on this podcast of the problems that the league has you know i i, I for example i i think replay goes too long i i i think there's too many penalties i you know, I, I don't think they let the guys on defense play, et cetera, et cetera. But the one thing the league has always done right. And, and been so terrific with is understanding the partnership from day one, you know, 60, 70 years ago, how it could benefit everybody in the T, you know, from a TV standpoint, if, if the biggest and the, you know, and the smallest all shared the pie equally and, And the NBA and, and, and major league baseball have never understood that Gary, you know, but you know, everybody's got the same chunk of the money in that league coming to them, whether it's, whether it's green Bay or New York, whether it's, you know, Jacksonville or or Los Angeles, and it it allows teams like green Bay to play on an even field. And it always has, even the, even in a town of 102,000 people, Gary, um, that they've been on an even playing field with these big boys from New York and Chicago and, and, and Philly and, and, and Dallas and LA for all these years, the, the league has just always been genius with that, Gary, just, just understanding how the partnership benefits everybody. If, if small is as good as big, you know, baseball doesn't get that, you know, it's, and, and fans eventually get sick of that. Don't they Gary where it's Yankees Dodgers, where it's where, where it's Red Sox Dodgers and, and just the, 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 the the five, six, eight teams that can spend the most money are the ones typically still standing when it's all said and done. Um, So no, that, that, that's a very cool thing to say, but, but again, he was instrumental in that himself, Tagliabue that is, and, and, and just recognizing the importance of a small team like green Bay to their league and then doing everything he could Gary to make sure they succeeded.
0: Yeah. And to uh, show you how time flies, he is now 81 years old. It seemed like um, yesterday he was the NFL commissioner, but
1: yeah. Um, yep.
0: But I, no, I and, I, and I, give props to the Packers uh, like uh, again, Murphy was Murphy's speech was very enlightening and, and informative and uh, for Tagliabue to say hey I'm not going to do this in in New York you know where he would have probably got a ton of publicity or, or at, at Jerry's world in Dallas and, and to come out and say that you know he wanted it specifically in Green Bay was you know definitely a tribute to uh, the organization and fans so.
1: no I'm but, with you Gary very 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 cool i I'll have to find that on YouTube later this week Yeah, I, 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 I,
0: I think you enjoy uh, it.
1: Sunday Rob. night was a little bit nutty and on deadlines and stuff, you know how it goes, especially. Oh, at night abs-
0: absolutely.
1: You know, absolutely. You, you, you get a little break, Your 12 minute halftime. You're just, you're banging out your stuff. So, um, but yeah, oh, I'll find that. It sounds awesome.
0: Well, Rob, uh, this podcast is in the books and, uh, as usual, thanks again for a stellar performance. Uh, unlike your green Bay Packers special teams this season <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Thanks again to our growing number of listeners. Uh, They've been fantastic. We've received some really nice uh, feedback from them. So uh, until next week, take care and all the best. For more sports news,
1: check back every Tuesday for our latest show. You can also follow Gary on Twitter at Gary and WofflesPressBox.com.